Yeah, good card of racing at Randwick today. Shortly we preview the card. Brody Nixon, Brad Gray, Nicole Thomas is your team this morning. <clears throat> First at 12.30, 10 race card. And uh, looking forward to this program uh, getting underway. Uh, I'm pleased that... Time to boogie. He's got a run in race eight, number 18. He uh, was pretty good first up, and I think he's a nice horse. Uh, he goes out to 1,200 metres, and he's already proven that he can he can run that distance. So keen to get our experts' thoughts on him. Tom Moxon joins us now from the Racing New South Wales Stewards panel. How are you this morning, Tom? Doing good, Luke. Yourself? Yeah, really well, mate. We back up from Canterbury last night. What have you got for us for Ramwick uh, today? Just light on this morning. Just the one, and it comes in race five, number eight. Anything goes. Um, Sorry. Um, Someone breaking in, mate. Sorry? Someone breaking in. (laughs) Yeah, I got the little one with me. Yeah, good. Um, um, On the 23rd of December, um, the horse was bumped at the start, um, but then most notably had difficulty obtaining clear running in the early part of the home straight and then was um, badly held up over the final 200 metres and was unable to be um, tested for the remainder of the event. So, low beaten. Finished nine of eleven and only and beaten three point one. The horse clearly should have finished closer. Outstanding, mate. Have a good day. Little one going well. He's going great. Yeah, no, turn one between Christmas and New Year's. He's flying and wrecking the joint by the sound of it. <laughs> he is. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Have a good day, Tom. Thanks, Luke. See you, mate. Good on you, mate. Uh, Tom Moxon there from the Racing New South Wales Stewards panel. Let's get into this card. I'll say good morning to Brad Gray. Firstly, Brad, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Luke. Hello, guys, and hello to all the listeners. Back at HQ, aren't we? Familiar path here at Randwick. The track has been playing particularly well. I'm looking forward to this last race. I know we've lost Boston Rocks now, but a clash between two lightly raced fillies going places in Shaken and Spring Lee. So both have a little tendency to overdo things, but they're completely untapped, so keen to see the lucky last. Look forward to your thoughts there later. Brody Nixon's already joined us once this morning. He's back for the preview. How are you, Brody? Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, I think, along with Brad, it's a pretty nice betting card. We've got a couple of really nice horses stepping up that we'll likely see in better races in the coming months, and potentially black tight fillies and mares like Shaken, Terra Mater. How can she go standing itself? She's already got a terrific record, and there's a couple other really good betting prospects. I'm keen to take on a couple of favourites too, so keen to get right into it. Six metre rail from the mile to the winning post, four metres the remainder and a good four. How do you expect the track to play, Brad? Uh, pretty fair, yeah. So as I've said, like, I know Randwich copped a fair old hammering, but I think one of the constants all the way through is that it's pretty much been uh, winners from everywhere. Uh, you can win from in front, you can win from behind, you can win from midfield. So I wouldn't expect anything different today. Nicole Thomas with us with all the tab markets. Uh, morning, Nicole. How's this activity been on the Randwick card so far? Yeah, good morning to you, Luke. Uh, it's been pretty good, actually. We've got a few well-supported favourites, and running by is one of them in race five that's been really well-backed, and a few others, but it's a good card, some good betting races as well, Luke. Fantastic. Ten races to get through, guys. We start with the Tab Highway Handicap. It's over 1,600 metres. Class three handicap, Nicole. Talk us through the market here. Yeah, this one's very open. So number one, I am good at this. It's the favourite at $4.40. Two, Marzita is $4.80. Number three, possibly so, is $31. Four, final comment is six. Scratch five and six. Number seven, Magic Pharaoh is $5. Eight, Rossi's Type of Girl is 23 Number nine, Chairman's List is $16. Ten, Discreet Lady is 51 Kai Hoko, number 11, is $9. Scratch the 12. Two, I, number 13, is $11. Amalfi Amore, number 14, is $41. Lepo, number 15. 
15 is also 41. 16, Nothing Sacred is $71. And Incantata, number 17, is also a $71 chance. So it's pretty open. Not too many money leads at this stage with that 11 cent deduction. But the best back so far is number nine, Chairman's List, $36 into 16. Yeah, it doesn't look a fast run highway here, 1,600 metres, especially after we lost Arabiata. So I'm good at this, comes across. Mazita holds a position from Barrier 1. The same can be said for final comment. I know we saw Chairman's List lead last start, but I don't think that's his go. I think he's better ridden with a sit, so I expect a more conservative ride here. But I wouldn't say a fast run highway, at least on paper here. I'm not going to be able to add too much here. One, seven, two, and four. I found this a very tricky event and one that I'm not overly confident in. I've got the favourite on top. I'm good at this just because it's already brought the highway form from a couple of runs ago, albeit was beaten behind who Dat started fairly firm in the betting, then defeated Tea Leaves. She won convincingly, defeating Season Up at Willumba, the five-year-old son of I Am Invincible. Looks like a horse who can continue to improve for gate number 10. Does have a very tricky map, but has shown tactile speed in the past. I wouldn't be surprised to see Nash Willer take the race by the scruff of the neck, go forward and try to dictate from the front. In for second, I do have the seven, Magic Pharaoh. Was good winning a couple of runs ago at Gosford, defeating Carragabondo before running behind Magic Pharaoh. Form lines haven't quite stood up. We saw Denaru come through, beaten at the Provincials a couple of days ago, albeit on heavy ground. Not too sure, and it was a huge drift of that day, so Keener put a line through Denaro. And before that, Mazita kept on improving there in the country and fixed the right time to come from the inside gate with an inform Ashley Morgan aboard. The two is in for apologies, that was Mazita. The two in for fourth is Mazita. I did have Magic Fair in for second there. I butchered that nice and early to kick off proceedings. Well done, Brody. And fourth, final comment, best of the rest for the Olive Stable. Comes off a third behind Magic Pharaoh and has been well and truly in a round. Gets a big gate change from gate 11 to gate number two. One, seven, two, four. I'm off to a flying start, Brad. Well, mate, yes. Yes. get the coffee. <laughs> Quick, have a coffee. Get that he's, into you. And he's having a go. conversation with himself too, Brad. Berating <laughs> himself. Is, come on, Brody. Come on. <laughs> Bit of a pep talk. I actually did that in a race call recently. Um, I was butchering a name, a horse called What a Dilemma. And I, I think I just, that was Denaru's race as well. Yeah, I think it was. And I've just gone, lift, son, lift, son, come on, fire up. So, mate, did it, it work? It, it did work. I didn't stuff it up again for the rest of the call. So You didn't give yourself the Tommy Rodonicus, a little slap around the cheeks? <laughs> yeah. <wake> yourself up. <laughs> no, I'd get a concussion if I did that. <laughs> I'm pretty soft. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. This is the highway. Yeah, it is a tricky race, isn't it? I didn't know really where to look. So I've gone a little bit wide. I've gone the way of 2A, 13-7. Four and two. Now, she's a pretty lightly raced mare. The way that she won her maiden last campaign, you thought, oh, here we go, this is a horse that can go right on with the job. Now, she was okay in a couple of runs thereafter. Ran at Hawkesbury uh, after that, and it was a pretty deep race. And her two runs back, I think the, the notable takeaway is just she's hit a bit of a flat spot and then come again through the line. So I love the gear change today. Blinkers first time, and if it can negate that, uh, and she can still hit the line, I think she finds a winnable highway double-figure odds. That's fair enough. Then you've got those coming through that same highway form reference who are hard to split. Magic Farah, hard to knock. All she has to do is hold her form to be hard enough to beat again. Four final comment. I guess the excuse there was, I know it was only beaten what, less than a length in that same highway and boxed on well, and it covered ground throughout. So maps to get a much softer run today. And Mazita brings that strong starting price profile. That's no knock on I am good at this. Uh, comes off a five-length win there. Can he repeat that? That's the query. Uh, but if he does, he becomes the horse to beat. 13, 7, 4 and 2. Now let's find out what Darren's done here in the first. He is Magic Pharaoh, 7, 4, 2, 1.
in the opening race at Royal Randwick. We go to race two now, and the second race is the Toyota Forklift Handicap, 1,000 metres, and Nicole Thomas has the market. Number one, Tri-State, $7.50. Scratch the two, Perseids. Number f- number three is $19. Number four, Fire is 9 Number five, Exploring is $3.90. Tintuki, number six is four eighty. Number seven, Command Approved is $12. Our Kobe Sun, number eight, is $3 and favourite here. Pitavago, number nine, is 251 And Rebel Dean, number 10, is a $21 chance. Excellent support for the favourite, our Kobe Sun here. It's been $5 into $3 overall. And Tintuki, number six, a little bit of support, $5 into 4.80. Yeah, good little race this one, 1,000 metres. Uh, what gives in the early stages? Does Tri-State hand up? I think his asset is his speed, and I heard you say that a little bit earlier, Luke, and I agree. When he finds the front, he seems to be at his most dynamic, but then you've got exploring, breathing down his neck. Uh, Commander Prove won't be too far away. Fire, hopefully, does jump on terms, but looking at those top two, Tri-State and exploring, it'll be interesting how fast they go in the early stages here. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting race. Five, six, one, and eight for me. I've got Exploring on top. I think she's a really good bet here this afternoon. As Brad did mention in regards to this map, you're going to have Tri-State. I'm just hoping they take a sit first up. I do agree he's best when he's ridden on speed. However, his first couple of runs each preparation, they have opted to take a sit. He is with the 60 kilograms, so I really do hope they do that because it'll really help Exploring. She went to the trials. This preparation has trolled up a storm crossing the line under a hold alongside Calibus, who brings some really strong form lines himself, now with Bourne Baker. Last preparation, first up, defeated Archo Nacho down the Flemington Strait, and she's a three-old filly that can test some group racing in the early autumn when she is fit, and I think she can knock off one here. In for second, I do have the six, which is Tintuki. This horse, last preparation, was unlucky its first couple of runs before finally breaking through towards the end of the preparation. She's had a nice couple of trials, the latest behind Mad Darcy under Rachel King. Especially impressive, and we'll get a good run in transit from gate number four. The top weight, Tri-State in for third, as Brad mentioned, plenty of speed. He's got superior form lines to everything else at the moment, the likes of Valentia and Rainbeal, as well as running behind much, much better and weighted the stars to close off the preparation. Just the one soft trial, but he's only off a 60-day break. And in for fourth best, the rest is the eight, which is our Kobe son. I'm just really keen to take this horse on. I think $3 is way too short, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it get right out late. Five, six, one, eight, the first of my specials today, Brad. Yeah, I've gone the way of Tintuki here. I'm just thinking that if these two loaders keep each other busy enough, she might be the one that gets last crack. And you spoke about her preparation last time, in. She only won the one race, but that probably doesn't do her justice. She was fantastic all the way through. And first up last prep, she was taking late ground off Brudenal, uh, over 1,100 metres, albeit. But 1,000 metres here with speed on. Uh, dry track, I think she gets a chance to rattle home over the top. All she has to do is pick up where she left off to be a big threat in this, and I love the way that she trucked to the line in a recent trial. One tri-state, uh, catch me if you can. I'd love to see them go handlebars down, whether they will, uh, with nine weeks between runs. I don't know what happened to him last start, uh, so that was nine weeks ago. It was very disappointing, but that's that's him. He can be a bit hit and miss, but his best gives this a shake. Five exploring, no real knock there. We only saw her once last campaign, as Brody touched on it. She'd beat Archo Nacho. Over the 1,000 metres, and he went on to win, what, two stakes races later that campaign. Finds Nashua Willa first up. A couple of nice trolls, and our Kobe son. So, yeah, he's a progressive horse. Always respect the placement of Angela Davies. She gets it right more often than not, uh, and I like the way that he hit the line in a recent trial. So we haven't seen the best of him just yet. Six, one, five, and 8. Darren, in race number two, is number five, exploring on top to beat 1, 8, and 10. 
We're going now to race number three at Randwick. It's the Midway Handicap, 1,100 metres. Benchmark 72. How does the market look here, Nicole? Scratch number one, number two, Delexo, $10. Scratch the three, number four, Prince Invincible. It's our favourite at $4.40. Five, Espresso is $11. Number six, London is six fifty. Flying Sultan, number seven, is $15. Hell of a Nature, number eight, is $5. Scratch the nine, number ten, Lady Shenanigans, is $12. Eleven, Everyone's a Star, is $6. Scratch the twelve, Say Soiree Larts, number thirteen, it's $17 chance. And number fourteen, Against the Law, is $10. It's a pretty open race, this one, and there are big early deductions here. I've worked them back though. We did bet everyone's a star $8 into $6. London's been backed from 8 into six fifty as well. There's money for against the law too. It's been about $26. We bet with tab into $10. Yeah, typically open midway, isn't it? So $4.40 the field. Speed wise I'd like to see Prince <coughs> Invincible put himself in the first couple. A hell of a nature won't be too far away holding position from the inside. London, uh, he can race on speed and Flying Sultan maybe the other speed influence here, Brody. Eleven four six eight, a tricky little midway. Our Toby signed the big scratching. I thought this horse is going to be hard to beat here. However, I can understand first up why they've gone the thousand instead of the eleven hundred. I think everyone's a star is absolutely flying at the moment. Tyler Schiller goes aboard from a good gate. Carried the fifty six and a half kilograms last start when defeating Coco, dreaming impressively there at Wild. Now, a couple of other horses coming through into that race through impressive maiden victories who were firm in betting, and everyone's a star. Enjoyed the perfect trot and cruised straight past them. Before that, was hitting the line strongly over 900 metres at Newcastle, just clearly out-sprinted. Went through this horse's trials, and it's never trialed better than leading into this campaign. And I think at around the $6 quote, certainly is worth a little each-way spec in what is a very, very open midway. In for second, I do a Prince Invincible for the flying Sarah Ryan stable. One of their horses last night in the last Luke would have known was absolutely plunged and nothing went right. Poor bugger was caught wide and forced to go back to the rear of the field. But apart from that, her last month's been absolutely outstanding. And this horse comes off a last start second behind Lady Shenanigans at Ramwick. You'd expect it to be peaking third up and does deserve to be favourite. In for third, London. Horse is going very well. Struck the heavy ground at Warwick Farm last start behind Storm the Rampants. And before that, ran into the very smart bow Jangles. It'll put itself on speed. Big jockey change. Tommy Berry goes aboard the son of Catalyst. And best the rest, hell of a nature. Not too sure what to do with this horse. I've always really underrated him. I've never quite got him spot on. And Jason Collett from the inside gate following a treble last start. He certainly has found the right midway to kick off his Metro career. Eleven four six eight in another tricky affair, Brad. Yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it? You thought the highway was hard. The uh, midway says, hold my beer. So I'm with Prince Invincible here. Um, just thinking that 1,000 metres second up was probably against him. He was 11 to 1,000 metres, and I think that just told at the finish when Lady Shenanigans proved a little bit too strong at the finish and caused a, a bit of an upset. Now, you look at his form all throughout his career. I think he improves after a couple of runs. Uh, he can ride the speed here, and I just think he's found the right race at the right time and certainly encouraging words this morning from Sarah Ryan suggests that he's jumping out of his skin uh, and ready to go. Eight, hell of a nature, tricky horse to assess in terms of, uh, I think he's priced on upside, however it's hard to argue against that because he's only had the, the three career starts, he's won two of them, he fell in there at Kembla Grange first up uh, but he was never really losing, he was pretty soft on the line so always respect the placement of the stable, Nathan Doyle. 
Say Soiree La. I don't know. Uh, I think she's got something, this filly. So trained by Robert Quinn. She was a big winner at Newcastle first up. Wasn't quite able to back that up second up. Maybe it just flattened her a touch. But she's got a big finish. She's got no weight. And if there's a complete smoky here, I think it could be her and London, best of the rest. He's holding his form pretty well. May have been flattered by a heavy track, uh, but dry track looks okay, and he can ride the speed, and all he has to do is hold that form to be in the mix again. So 4, 8, 13, and 6. That's race number 3 in the thoughts of Brad Gray. Darren Flindell is number 4, Prince Invincible, on top to beat 2, 8, and 10. We preview Randwick on uh, Racing HQ now, and uh, you can also watch us on Sky Racing this morning where we simulcast. We're up to race number four with the preview. Brad Gray, Brady Nixon, Nicole Thomas, and this race for Bisley Workwear over the 1,300 metres, the fourth event, a benchmark 78. How short is she now, Nicole? I speak of Terramata. Yeah, Terramata, the favourite, a dollar seventy-five now. So Terramata's been well backed, even after a deduction has been a dollar ninety into a dollar seventy-five. Terramata's number one. Two Principessa is thirty-one dollars. Three African Daisy is five dollars fifty. Four Speak Up is thirty-one. Rocketeer Girl number five is five dollars fifty. Scratch the six and the seven. Euros number eight is four dollars sixty. And Boot Scooter number nine is a fifty-one dollar chance. So punters clearly with the favourite here, Terramata, dollar ninety into one seventy-five. But Euros has been backed as well. Number Number eight, it's four sixty in from uh, about seven dollars. We bet so decent support for both of the favourites. Yeah, Rocketeer Girl is your designated leader. Uh, Euros, I think, looks to come across, so it has a key role to play here in terms of Tommy Sherry's early tactics, just making things potentially a touch awkward for Terramata. I imagine Plan A is to come across from the gate. I guess she's shown in the past that she is versatile, and if she's forced to take a trail, uh, she'll just park in behind the speed here, Brody. Yeah, she was a fascinating runner, Terra Mata. When she was originally drawn gate number nine, I was very keen to take her on. Of course, Serena Sophia's come out and Molly Nails deserved victory last night. So the task for Nash Willer is slightly easier, but knowing Nash, we know he's going to get it right. I'm keen to take her on still, though. I think African Daisy from the inside gate, I think she's one of the better gambles of the day. And especially now, although we only do have the two-place dividends, one by three each way, you're getting $2.20 a place. And if you take Terra Mata out of the market, I think she's a sensational gamble. James McDonald goes aboard for Annabelle Nisham. It doesn't happen too often, but when it does, you know it's game day for the Galloper. And she comes through a fairly good form lines last preparation. She ran third from an impossible position first up at Warwick Farm behind Air to Air, who was flying at the time, then was narrowly pipped in a photo at Rose Hill behind Robusto. She comes here to Randwick first up off two very good trials, the latest trucking through the line behind the very sharp Parazel, who went through a black-type race last week up in Doombin. And from gate number one, I suspect she's going to tag these leaders in the box seat, and I think she's going to be really hard to beat. Terra Mata is clearly the main danger, the favourite, deserves to hold the quote, was very impressive first up at Canterbury, trucking through the line off a very slow pace, but ran scintillating sectionals. And then second up at Randwick was impressive, winning after only getting a gap late. She was a mare on the up for Jared Austin, who's done fantastic work for her. Just fascinating to see what the market does with it late. Rocketeer Girl, I was keen to take it on uh, through that Zuforia form lines, but it's got to be third in for now with the scratchings. And best the rest is speak up. I think this horse is going okay. And I think it can run a really bold race as well. Three one five four. I think she's the value bet of the day. African Daisy or bid around the five fifty two twenty a place quote is very good to take. Yeah, speak up. Just pulled up lame after last start. I, was, I didn't really know what to make of that run. Beaten twenty lengths, but she's certainly better than that. So I wouldn't be surprised to see her bounce back. But I haven't got her in the numbers here. I've gone one three five and eight. I'm willing the short price favourite. 
The dollar seventy five uh, was interested uh, when you asked this morning, uh, Luke and Jared Austin said, "Does she is she entitled to be the dollar seventy five? He was a little bit, I guess, nervous in terms of taking a dollar seventy five favourite to the races, but I think it. It is justified to some extent. Um, she's just a mare on the up. She's got a, a killer instinct. That was the knock on her all early days. She played the bridesmaid throughout her early career, but now she's learned to win. She's doing it in style. So you'll read in the form guide there, she only won by less than a length in Midway Company, but she did it the hard way. She was in a very awkward pocket. Turning for home, she galloped herself into the clear and really pinned the ears back to get home. So uh, onwards and upwards for her and has got that combination with Nash Willa. Three African Daisy. I uh, agree with Brody that if there is a threat to this favourite, it has to be her. She's looked particularly sharp in her trials. This time back, she's a very honest mare. I'd be even more confident uh, had she got the sting out of the ground, but she's just as as good on top of the ground. Five, a rocketeer girl. Catch me if you can. She's hard fit. She will make her own luck out in front. Cranked up the pressure there in the middle stages last start and just got run down in the final stages. It was a blanket finish, but we've seen Mon Felicity frank that form line. And I quite like the 14 back to the 1300 metres for a very fit front runner. And eight euros. Knocking on the door, comes through the right sort of form references. Probably has to find a touch more to put herself in the finish and does have to stretch her brilliance out to 1300 metres. But yeah, I don't think she has to improve much to be thereabouts once again. One, three, five, and eight. Those the thoughts of Brad Gray on that fourth race. Darren Flindell with Terramata as well. One, five, three, eight are his numbers. We get to the fifth, over 1500 metres, benchmark 78. And the inform Vegas Outlaw is up the top here, Nicole. It is a drifter out to $8, number one Vegas Outlaw. Imrahor, number two, is $17. Three money from the sky is $8.50. Number four, Sky out, $31. Number five, running by, is our favourite at $2.10. Scratch number six, Timpanus, number seven, is $8. Eight, Anything Goes, is $12. And Cadet Ship, number nine, is a $5 chance. It's really all about the favourite here, running by, number five, $3 into two ten. Yeah, well, she should just park in behind the speed, have no excuses from there. Uh, Imrahor was an all-the-way winner last campaign. You've got Vegas Outlaw, who likes to stride forward and make his own luck. He's got the picket fence, and anything goes is the other one that can probably settle a touch closer here, potentially getting the back of Imrahor in the run, Brody. Three, five, nine, and seven for me. It's going to be a fascinating speed map, as Brad mentioned, with Imrahor drawing the inside there, and a couple of others which can boot up. Vegas Outlaw's race fit. So you suspect that Grant Buckley is going to look to roll forward as the Sarah Ryan train galloper shoots for five straight. I have got geared, not in my numbers, but I'm keen to take the each way quote for money from the sky. This horse has always screamed out Ranwick. He's always last. He's always found himself at the back of the field and looking to produce brilliant sectionals to get over the top. Yes, it's his racing pattern. And if you backed him every start, you'd be well and truly down. However, I think this afternoon he can run a really bold race. Feels fantastic under the big weight first up at Canterbury when winning over the mile before running on from an impossible position once again behind Burning Need. He just got shoved wide, but he kept on coming through the line. Third up this afternoon at Ranwick, 1,500 metres. I think it's going to suit. He's got the big straight to wind up. I think he's got a fair bit of ability, just as much if not more than a couple of others in the market. Yes, we need to get it from the bad map, but I think he can run over the top here, especially one by three each way as well. In for second, I do have running by the favourite. Went back through its run, and it was fantastic there at Caulfield last start behind Frenchman's Bay. Oh, defeating Frenchman's Bay by half a length. Was left a bit flat-footed, but kept on grinding. Gets up to the 1,500 third up and emerging there for Mar Eustace. We see them swing them up to Sydney more often than not, and they always seem to run well. 
I looked back at its first run behind South of Houston and speaking to a few people from Victoria, the rails in run that day was essential at Sandown, so the run had plenty of merit in behind, hence why the dollar seventy starting price last start. Cadetship in for third. This horse is running well second up. I wouldn't be surprised if it just needs one more to peak up third into the campaign. And Timpin is best of the rest, racing well, but I'm not too sure he's got the talent as much as the top three I have in my numbers. Three, five, nine and seven for me, Brad. Yeah, I've gone five, nine, three and eight, five running by. You go back through her three-year-old uh, campaigns and she only had a handful of runs, but she was mixing it in pretty good company, uh, including a good run in there in the Bendigo Guineas. So you touched on her first two runs this time back. She was fantastic at Sandown, 34 weeks between runs, and there she was clocking the fastest closing splits of the meeting. As you say, there was then sent around seventy on the back of that. The margin was only narrow, but uh, she was strong at, at the finish, and I think she profiles to bounce off that again now. Third up, three weeks between runs, out to 1,500 metres, and I think she finds a winnable race. So I think it's justified that she's at the top of the market and has been met with good support. Cadet Chip caught the eye late there at Randwick. First up, going back from the wide draw, he was always going to improve off that. Uh, as the market did forecast, so straight out to the 1500 metres second up, I like the intent of that. Uh, again, he'll settle down in the second half of the field, but does find James McDonald. Three money from the sky, your mate. I don't know what to do with him, but what I do know is I love watching him race because you just never really know what you're going to get, do you? So he'll be out the back, uh, be doing his thing. He'll only get interested that last little bit, but he has to be a big tick there, swapping Canterbury for Randwick. Plenty of time to, to balance up and, and click through his gears, and they I like said, the fact that... Who said, he was, who said he's my mate? Well, no, is he Brody's, Brody's mate. Brody's oh, tipping him. Oh, I heard that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Brody. He's everyone's mate, isn't he? I think everybody's got a soft well, spot for money from the sky. If he was your mate, he'd do your head in because he'd be late everywhere. He, he, yep. never, he never gets going early. Yeah, but once he showed up to the party... Oh, he'd be out till 2am. Come on, boys, right. time to go home. No, I've still got plenty left, boys. That's right, that's right. So that's not a bad thing. If you need one of those... Um, but yeah, he was good at Canterbury last start, wasn't he? So I like the fact as well that Reese Jones sticks, because as we know, he's a, he's a quirky bugger. So the fact that he has his quirks, uh, Reese Jones will be on top of that. So he's in for third, and anything goes. Now, if you're making a case for cadetship, uh, and plenty were, and he's the one that's hard in the market, anything goes comes through that same form reference, that same robusto form reference, and he had no luck whatsoever. So I think he's building towards something, and he might be the little sleeper to keep, say, five, nine, three and eight. Brad Gray's thoughts running by his top selection, $2.10 about to that runner. Let's see what Darren's come up with. And he's with Cadet Chip. And uh, I can see why. I thought he was pretty good versus the bias there first up. 9517, Darren's numbers. Um, is that fair, Brody? Um, money from the sky is your best buddy, according to Brad? Oh, knowing some of my mates, he'd be a sharp improvement on a few of those. So <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I love that. Uh, race number six, guys, uh, is the James Squire, over 1,600 metres, benchmark 72. And Cadetship is out here. Nicole runs in that race we just spoken about. So we start with Built up the top. We do. Number two, Built is 270 in favourite here. And there is money even this morning, 310 into 270 today. V number three, is $9.50. For Owen County is $26. Methuselah, number five, $4.40. Scratch the six, Poga Car, number seven, is $34. Magna, 10, number eight, is 12 Number nine, Vomo Island, $6. Ten Ambassadors is 16 Number 11, Caring Lass, is $15. And You're Not the Boss is number 12 and it's a $13 chance. So Built's been back to, as I mentioned, there's a move from today. But overall, it's still been about 4.15. We bet into 2.70 for Built. FOMO Island, number nine, it's come in slightly, 7.50 into six. And Magna 10, number eight, it's into $12 from an opening 17. 
Yeah, this doesn't shape to be a fast-run race, particularly after we lost Flame and Roman. So I think Ambassadors takes up the running here. Yawn at the Boss holds a spot in behind the speed. Vomo Island not too far away. And we did see Oda V win from outside the lead last start. That was four weeks ago, but out to the mile now. Uh, she won't be too far away either here, Brody. Two, five, nine, ten for me. The market's absolutely piled into built this morning. Every time I look at the tab website, just continues to firm. $2.70, getting a bit on the short end for mine for now. However, you can understand why it is clear favourite. J-Mac goes back aboard. The last time James rode this horse, it was hammered late at Canterbury to nail clear choice on the line. The money in the last few minutes was very strong and justified the quote that day. Last start at Randwick had no chance there leading up into Christmas, was caught towards the back of the field behind a slow pace. Ballistic Kids was able to skip away, but built really lost no admirers charging home into second. Tommy Berry, of course, jumps off, and J-Mac goes back aboard. Tommy absolutely airborne, but you lose nothing with James. This horse has always shown a fair bit. He was gelded leading into the last preparation. I think he's back better than ever this campaign, and he just continues to hold his form. You know what you're going to get, and it's just whether or not he's going to be able to be good enough this afternoon. Methuselah, I start. He was caught wide throughout there outside Ballistic Kids. Yes, Bill got past him late in the piece, but he was caught wide and he was first up of about a month, two months off the scene. He had the one tick over trial behind Chrysler or leading into it. If he'd drawn a gate, he'd probably be the way I'm turning. However, he's drawn gate 10, and if he's not caught wide again, he might have to go right back towards the rear of the field. But he is the main danger for mine too, the stable mate. In for third is Vomo Island. I've dropped off this horse a fair while ago before he was gelded this prep. Trolled up beautifully, won at Wild. I think last start at Kembla, he's just screaming out for a mile and beyond. Gate number eight, I couldn't touch him anywhere near the $6 I'd want near nine or ten. However, I think he's going to be suited at the mile. And it's almost a bit of D-Day once again. Last time he met with Tuslam was a couple of preparations ago as a two-year-old. But I think Vomo Island, he's going to be screaming out for a mile and further in the next couple of runs. And the best of the rest is the 10 ambassadors. As Brad mentioned, this looks to be the speed map horse for mine after a win at last start at Kembla Grange. Race number six, two, five, nine, ten for me, Brad. Yeah, I've gone the way five, Martusel on five, twelve, two and three. We'll leave it in the capable hands of Tommy Berry to just find a spot from that gate. But that's the, the obvious little query. Otherwise, I would have been tipping him with a bit of confidence had he drawn soft. I loved his first up run. I thought he was really brave. He was wide, posted, working throughout uh, over the mile first up, and he was six weeks between runs. So he was entitled to fill the pinch. He still gave a kick there like he was going to be in the finish, but that work just told over the latter stages. So I think he can turn the tables on Bilt uh, if he gets a little bit of luck in the early stages. But you're not the boss. Might be a, a sneaky little hope here for Mitch Beer. quite like the setup on the seven-day backup, so some intent to be read into that. Fought out the finish at Randwick at Big Odds just last Saturday. I liked his strength through the line. I think that sets him up quite nicely for his first crack at the mile, and he draws soft to Bilt. Only has to hold that form uh, to be in the finish again. James McDonald has had success on this horse in the past. The dry track suits, and although he's been up for a while, he's arguably never raced better. And three Oda V. I think there's still more to come from this mare. Four weeks between runs. She uh, profiles well out to the mile, and she's had a little tick over ch since we uh, last saw her at the races where she was a winner at the provincials. So five, twelve, two, and three there in race six. Darren Flindell's numbers are 11, 2, 12, 5, 11 on top, caring lass. I've just opened the text line for the first time this morning, guys. So sorry to that listeners, uh, those listeners who might have texted earlier and I, I missed them. But um, one that isn't on our actual text line is a personal text, Brad Gray, is from our man Andrew Hurley, who's off at the moment, but uh, mm -hmm. he's still bobbing up. 
He wanted to congratulate you for not fluffing the name of Methuselah. Apparently, you've got form in it. Um, so <laughs> typical of Hurls to just, you know, a little little jide there, Brad. I tell you what, glass houses, Hurls <laughs> and pronunciations. 100%. Mate, he'd sort of winks. He wouldn't be able to say that. Uh, enjoy, your, enjoy your holiday, though, Hurls. Thank you for that. And Derek from Canala, uh, a regular texter, he wanted to know, mate, what was your highlight of the food trucks on New Year's Day at Canterbury? Was it the duck pancakes or ah, what was the highlight? Thanks, Derek. Well, Derek unfortunately blocked me on the way through. I never got a chance to, to sample any of the cuisines. <laughs> That's unlike Derek. Are yeah. hammering the food trucks? What's doing? <laughs> We're on the Randwick preview and a few texts flying in this morning. Uh, Keith wanted to know, guys, um, where Brett Preble is at the moment. Have you heard anything, Brad? He hasn't ridden since November, uh, Preble. I don't know, actually. Yeah, yeah no, that's one we'll have to see if we can get to the bottom of today. I'll try and find out uh, mm. for Keith. Um, another listener, Mark. Um, hi, Luke. I'm a big fan of It's a Wonder. Can you ask Jay his opinion of the horse? I interviewed Jay earlier. Sorry, Mark, I I missed that one at the time. But, Brad, it was very good in that strong race. Um, The second, it's a wonder coming from last. I think that's a a form race with some guts to it. And it was the flashing light, wasn't it? Was that last night, was it? Yeah, did you see it? Uh, It's a wonder. One for Sterling. I didn't didn't happen to see that last night, no. Was that the the one in the pink and black coming up the Gosford run? No, I think it... I thought it was a big chance if it drew a gate last night. I agree, it's... um, it looks a really nice progeny of Dundeal, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Huh? Nixon above Gray there. Gray, please, you weren't tuned in last night, mate. What's doing? Anything? Well, I, was float- I was floating in and out. <laughs> that's, oh, that's a bit rough, mate. I'm flat that on was, that. That was pre my Yvette dummy spit. So I think after Yvette lost, I might have tuned out a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, Yvette, um, be interesting to get the figures, how quick they went. But um, I expected to, to put them away. A lot of people did. Um, but the winner might be handy, Brody. Um, name escapes oh. me, but the Snowden first starter. Oh, I couldn't believe that horse went so well. I gave it none on the night, but I think there was a couple of really nice horses. And what about the Broncos' PTSD, Luke? Bronco Revolution looked absolutely home and hose at 50 (laughs) metres to go. Oh, let's not go there. Uh, Luke, as a proud Irishman, I wanted to let you know you nailed the leprechaun accent uh, with that Canterbury call last night. I think it slipped below the radar, that one, but um, thank you for that. Um, I do appreciate it. And uh, Brad, you just put it's a wonder in your black book, okay? Because it'll be winning a race soon. Are you are you writing yourself congratulatory text now? Are you? Oh, no, there's proof here. I, uh, did you hear it, uh, Brody? I I just threw that in. I didn't plan to. It just just happened. Um, I wasn't sure how it had land, but <laughs> we've got one bit of positive feedback there. Which race was it? Go back and have a listen. It was race. Uh, it was in the Yvette race. I think everyone. Oh, I I think I'm everyone was in the, in the horrors so bad afterwards that no one was too worried about with what I was doing with the call, I promise you. I would have been sweating in the corner of the studio watching Yvette, so I probably didn't hear it. Yeah, magic leprechaun uh, fell in a hole. Yvette, disappointing, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Triskelion was the winner of that third race as we digress. But let's get to race number seven with uh, the Quaddy legs, and it's over 1,400 metres, a benchmark 88. And uh, Nicole, how does... This market look here, Art Cadeau's up the top, the old warrior. It is number one. It's a $31 chance, Art Cadeau. Felix Majestic, number two, is $6. Battleton, number three, $8.50. Helsing, number four, is four twenty. 
Robusto number five is seven fifty. Scratch the six. Number seven Redstone Well is nineteen dollars. Excelidus number eight is nine fifty. Cool Jakey number nine is our favourite at two dollars eighty. And Mahogany number ten is a forty one dollar chance. Only a seven cent deduction. I haven't worked it back, but Cool Jakey's been three thirty into two eighty. So the support is for the favourite and a little bit of support as well for Felix Majestic number two. It's been seven into six. Well, the other two, they're going to duke it out here on top of the speed, Nicole. So I'm not sure what gives here, but two speed horses. And I think, again, two horses that are best in that controlling position. So Cool Jakey strides forward. Felix Majestic eyeballs Cool Jakey. Um, you can see which one gives up that spot. Exilatus won't be too far away. And the rest of them uh, like to find their feet and hit the line here, Brody. Nine, eight, five, and three for me here. I'm keen on Cool Jakey, albeit. $2.80. Not too sure what to do with him. We spoke yesterday on Punter's Panel, and I'm really keen to get your thoughts here, Brad, whether this horse is much better on heavy ground or whether um, it was just far superior to those horses last start at Warwick Farm. It brings one of the best form lines, as we were speaking about yesterday, there at Randwick Kensington last preparation behind the likes of Watch the Clock. We saw Redina, as well as a few others, Hawaii 5.0, come through that race. It was a sensational midweek form line. I don't think I've seen anything like it in my short time here in Sydney racing. But this preparation was heavily backed first up with the 60 kilograms. It was okay. I thought slightly disappointing there at Randwick Kensington before powering through the wet ground. Fascinating to see this horse back on dry conditions and third up with the low weight. I just have to have it on top from the good gate and the upside as well. In the second, the eight, Exolitas, Joe Pride, the stable mate. We know its record on the curls is especially all over the Joe Pride backup record. I stop mentioning Hurls. To... Don't worry about Hurls. He's away. Don't mention him again. He's barred until he returns, boys. Had enough of him. <laughs> Exolitas, anyway. He comes to that last start fourth behind Levoy in the very fast run race. It carries the 55.5 kilograms, so it drops down in weight, retains Sam Clippen and third up, and I think it can run a race as well. In for third is the five, which is Robusto. Tommy Berry sticks aboard the last start winner. Doesn't win out of turn, but once he finds his form, he does seem to keep it. And best of the rest is Battleton. It's Battleton, but he can run a race from gate number two. I think he can as well. I'm with Battleton here. I love the blinkers on for the first time. So three, five, nine, and four. Now, this was a horse that was confidently back there first up in a benchmark 100, and he wasn't beaten far by way ha ha falls. And he was moving through the pack like he was going to be in the finish, and I think he just peaked on his run that last little bit. So I like the setup here. Dylan Gibbons is the last jockey to win on Battleton. I like the soft gate and the prospect of good speed up front. So a few things in his favour here, and as you say, Brody's conviction is that he is Battleton, and he's only won the, the three from 22 starts. But I think this is a perfect setup, and I'd be surprised if he's not somewhere in the finish at around that $9 quote. Robusto, similar case. He comes into this. I last start Randwick. Winner, that coincide with the blinkers going on for the first time, and I thought he was quite good there, in the context of being five weeks between runs and back to thirteen hundred meters. So Tommy Berry got the the timing spot on there. He's on again and has that similar profile to Battleton. I think he just stalks the speed and gets his chance, particularly if these two front runners carve each other up. Cool, Jakey. Uh, the only knock was the the price for me. So. I think he was flattered last start, uh, given it was a field of five at Warwick Farm on a heavy track. He went straight to the front and just kept on running, but that's no knock on his upside. His record tells you he's a smart horse going forward. Three wins from six starts. He showed last campaign that he is effective on top of the ground. He was a good winner there at Newcastle. And then that reference behind Watch the Clock and Hawaii 5-0 on the Kenzo was again on a dry track. So I think his race is one or lost in terms of the tactics with Felix Majestic. And four, Helsing. 
He's a big market watch. He's a big yard watch. I didn't really know how to assess his trial. He was sharp late, but it was a very slow heat, and it was a heat that just turned into a 200-meter dash that last little bit. But as soon as you see Annabelle Nisham in the form guide next to an import having its first Australian run, you get that little bit of, of extra confidence, don't you? Because she's got this knack of getting them to hit the ground running. So three, five, nine, and four, but a big watch there on on Helsing late. Darren Flindell, four. It's a special Helsing to beat three, five, and two as we go to race number eight, the tab handicap, Nicole, 1,200. Number one, conscript, $51, scratch the two. Number three, Kinlock is $26. Four, with your blessing, is 12 Dalala, number five, is $14. Six, Dehorned Unicorn is 11 scratch the seven. Number eight, Noble Soldier, $23. Nine, Fox Fighter is 21 Ten, Sneaky Page, $34. Ang Pow, number 11, is $18. Garrison, number 12, is 34 Ligio, 10, number 13, is $4.40, scratch the 14 15 Stromboli is $13. 16 So Good, So Cool is 17 Scratch number 17. Number 18, Time to Boogie, is 270, and it is favourite in the race, and that's where most of the early support is. It's actually been a really nice move, 420 into 270 overall. And the other one that's moved in is number 13, Legio 10. It's into 440 from opening 550. Yeah, well, the first miracle is that he's made the field. Fourth emergency, yet here he is taking uh, lining up. So he's drawn barrier, well, he's in 13 now after scratchings, but looking at other scratchings in the race, Tri-State is going around in the 1,000-metre race, Sir Ravenelli comes out, Munitions comes out, so I don't think you'll have too much trouble striding forward. Maybe with your blessing is your other speed horse. He's found an on-speed position uh, a couple of times this campaign and raced really well from there. Sneaky Page won't be too far away. Maybe Conscript can come across. Dehorned Unicorn won't be too far away. But I wouldn't say there's any real natural front runners outside of With Your Blessing and Time to Boogie here, Brody. Yeah, Brad, I agree. When I was doing my form the last couple of days, I thought Legio 10, not only was he already in the field and Time to Boogie might not sneak in, but I thought with the speed on paper that Legio 10 is going to get the joy sit just behind the speed following that good first up win. I've got it on top, but, geez, this speed coming out of the race makes the task a lot easier for time to boogie, and you couldn't talk anyone out of the favourite. 13, 18, 15, and 5 for me. I think it's two-horse race. Legio 10, I got this horse completely wrong first up. Luke Marlowe, hats off to you. He absolutely declared to this horse, and it bolted him. Well, not really bolted him, but it juiced a huge run from the back of the field after landing good bets, heavily supported, went back to the trials, was good behind a rockabilly rebel, just given a quiet time tick over piece of work as Godolphin often do. This horse brings really nice form lines for Victoria last preparation. It's got a lethal turn of foot and we know what it's going to produce, just whether or not it can reel in time to boogie. All over this horse first up and it does make me very nervous now with the lack of speed. Tommy Berry's going to shoot it straight to the front. Always thought 1,200 metres might be a bit too far for it, but it really powered through the grades last preparation. Just nailed late behind Brudinel, Tintuki and Gaza Blanca all over the six furlongs. So second up, you would suggest it might be a slight query, but if it produces the same performance it did third up last preparation here over the track and trip, it's going to be mighty hard to catch. And I think he's back better than ever, the four-year-old gelding. In for third, I do have the 15s from Bowley racing well, just struggles to put its nose down in front. And the five, Dalala, big D for Darren Flindell. He's racing well, and he has to be in there after contemporary Frank the form. 13, 18, 15, 5, but this is a race I can't wait for, Brad. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it, see how it does play out. I've gone 13, 6, 5 and 18. I'm with Legio 10 as well. Big winner there first up. Uh, he's still got a bit of upside, I would have thought, given how lightly raced he is. I like him nice and fresh. I don't think it's any coincidence that 
uh, all four of his career runs have come early in his campaign. So five weeks between runs, I imagine that's by design. He's had a little tick-over trial since then and out to 1,200 metres and onto a drier track. I don't think that'll bother him. So if he gets the speed up front to suit, I don't think there'll be too many horses stronger than him late. Six, Dehorned Unicorn. Now, I think this is one of those typical Joe Pride setups. Fourth up, blinkers again now, comes through a couple of deeper races. He was only beaten two lengths by Brudnell. And a subsequent winner in Lady Laguna four weeks ago. Prior to that, he tackled the Warra, won by Insurrection. So I like the way that he's trailed since, and I think he's very very much ready to run up to his best, which has him in the finish. Five, Dalalat. I agree that he's the horse here at double-figure odds that could make his presence felt. Jason Collett has ridden him six times for three wins. They get along really well, and that's just due to Jason Collett's uh, nation or patient nature because this horse only has that sharp little short sprint. So you hold him up for as long as possible and let him dash. We know he loves dry tracks and he gets conditions to suit today. And time to boogie. Now, I originally didn't really consider him because I didn't think he'd make the field. Now, looking at the setup here, it's probably not ideal, 1,000 to 1,200 metres second up. Uh, I normally view that as a big negative, particularly for these speed horses, but the way that he won there first up suggests that he's returned better than ever. So if he does manage to get a breather there in the middle stages, he's going to be hard enough to catch, albeit he is short enough now. 13-6, 5 and 18. Darren Flindell, his numbers in race number eight. Ang Pao, number 11 on top to beat 15, 13 and 5. Well, I said don't mention him again, but... He's got a few mentions on the show. And look, he's in the studio with me, guys. Andrew Hurley. Uh, there he is on holidays, live vision of Hurls. If you're watching on Sky Racing, you can see the great man there uh, just chilling out and enjoying his holiday. So we miss him. But, Nicole, as you give us the market for race number nine, you've got 20 lengths on Hurls, and you're doing a great <laughs> job this morning. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. Number one, Rogue Bear, $6. Two, Kettle Hill is 8 Scratch three through five. Number six, Major Artie is $17. Scratch the seven. Capicuri number eight is $3.90. And that's our favourite here. Slight favourite as well. And Otis number nine is $7. Ten, Auspicious Cloud at 13 Mom Felicity number 11 is $4. Scratch the 12 and the 13 Number 14, Lyrical Gangster is a $6.50 chance. Look, this um, Mom Felicity is the one that's actually moved in today. $5 into $4 today. And Capicuri it's just been slightly easy, 370 out to that 390, but it's in from 420 overall for Capicuri, our favourite. So, Luke, for those listeners out there that are on the radio who didn't get to see that, I'm not sure how to even begin describing that. So, oh, that's great, isn't it? There's a dog with a jacket on wearing sunglasses. There he is, now he's on the beach. Yeah, a dog sitting there with the sunglasses on uh, in a recliner enjoying a Shiraz, and we're showing another piece of vision of Hurls. G'day, Hurls. <laughs> Having a good break, he's on the beach this time, so if you're watching Sky Racing, uh, there's Mr Bean on the beach now frolicking around, so our, our team are having a bit of fun in here behind the scenes, Brad, this morning, which we love. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> Speed map for race nine, Major Artie strides forward, uh, Rogue Bear maybe not too far away, but again, it's a race probably devoid of pressure, particularly after we lost Vegas Outlaw to another race, Commander Harry Scratch and Roma Avenue, who went around at Canterbury last night, so it could be a, a bit of a dash home here uh, over the concluding stage. Just Brody. 9, 3, 8 and 14. It's going to be an interesting race and I agree with Brad. It's going to be who's got actually a turn of foot by the end of the trip here and I think this might be a notice. I think her return at Canterbury was outstanding. Defeated Tara Shock, who was good winning again last night at Canterbury. Now it sat off the speed that day. She kept on coming and last preparation continued to work through the grades. The one thing about betting a lot in maidens and especially the provincial ones, you might have a good bet on a horse and it comes out and wins its next four in town and it starts the same quote. You're wondering, how did it not win at Hawkesbury that day? But this horse just continues to improve and it's trial back this campaign behind Sweet Ride. It was a clear indication 
it just continues to improve and it's back better than ever this preparation and the first up run confirmed it a love gate number two tyler schiller goes aboard it's just got the 56 kilograms so it's going to stalk the speed it should have a turn of foot still being relatively fresh here second up and over the 2000 in a race where a lot of these horses we know well it's the one that just can continue to improve and if it does that could be a fantastic each way bet the three in it for a second. It's actually coming out too much heavier. What have I done then? I've sent through the not wrong numbers. Apologies, team. The two, Kettle Hill, is the one I meant. The seven-year-old son of Glen Eagles broke it through for a long-deserved victory there at the Valley last start. It was going to be a moral beat, but I think with the 60 kilograms and Dylan Gibbons aboard, might be one of these horses that once it breaks through, it might go back-to-back. And I think around the $8 mark, you do have to respect it. Kapakiri. Form is form. It's won three on the bounce. Last start off a really fast pace. Defeated Dreamflight by an extending two lengths. Does have to go up a couple of kilograms, but it's found its form and keeps Tommy Berry following that last start win. And Lyrical Gang's the best of the rest, but we know it's going to be last. It's going to spot these leaders a fair start, and it's got absolutely no gate speed. So it's going to leave itself a lot to do. Nine, three, eight, and 14 for me, Brad. Yeah, there's a bit of uh, money from the sky about Lyrical Gangster, isn't there? So I'm going to play the role reversal here, and I'm going to be the one making the case for Lyrical Gangster today. So 14, 8, 1 and 9, yes, he does himself no favours in the first part of the races. I'm convinced that there is a talented stayer in there. Uh, Karen McAvoy has ridden him a few times, so I think that is significant. His race is going to be one or lost in the first half. If he can just keep in touch, and I think a slowly run race suits in that regard, he won't be run off his feet. And then he'll be close enough, if good enough. I don't think he has to improve a lot to turn the tables on Kapakiri. Uh, so 2,000 metres now, Ranwick. Uh, he gets his chance to balance up and get himself somewhere into the finish. Encourage that there has been some support for him this morning. Eight Kapakiri, the stable mate, took him 13 starts to win his maiden. Now he's chasing four straight. So he's got that picket fence. He was met with good support over this track and trip last start. Justified that with a pretty cosy win at the finish, and Tommy Berry sticks. One rogue bear brings that same form reference. Wasn't beaten far by Kapakiri. We've seen him since, and he was good there running second to So United. He continues to race well without winning. Maps to get his chance, though, just in behind the speed, maybe from even outside the lead. And a notice. Can see the case there. Uh, he's a lightly raced day going forward. I know he only scrambled home there at Canterbury first up, but he was always going to improve off that. We've seen Tarashok frank the form line. Gets quickly out to 2,000 metres. But he's another horse protecting that picket fence. Uh, he was good at the back end of last campaign, and uh, there's more to come from a notice. So 14, 8, 1, and 9. I like Mon Felicity. I think she's a talented mare, and I think she's returned particularly well. My only little knock there uh, in the context of her price was whether she likes to get her toe in the ground, which she won't get today on this drying surface. But 14, 8, 1, and 9. Let's see what Darren's found in race nine. He is one rogue bear to beat eight, 14, and <coughs> nine. As we get to the last, that ninth race for climate roofing, and the last event for Ranvit. Nicole, talk us through the market. Number one squad, $15. Scratch two through four. All event number five is $21. Six Unravel is 13 Number seven, Shaken, is the $1.85 favourite. Scratch number eight. Number nine, Impactful Miss, is $26. Scratch the 10. Apito Ballerina, number 11, is $26. 12, Miss Emma, is 7 Number 13, Spring Lee, is a $3.40 chance. Look, Shaken's been very well back, particularly this morning, two thirty into $1.85. And there was money for Spring Lee, but that sort of dried up a bit. It's been easy from three ten out to three dollars 40 in the last half an hour yeah well she's the biggest winner here shaken with these scratchings all of a sudden the barrier doesn't seem quite as scary because we've lost the two other speed horses amnesty and boston rocks so she strolls across uh, she'll still have to be on her game in terms of just being being able to settle in the run 
Uh, but if she does that, uh, she should get a degree of control. Miss Emma was an all-the-way winner last start, albeit in maiden grade, and out to the 12.50, comes back in journey, but won't be too far away. Spring Lee can hold a spot in behind the speed, maybe even Unravel is another horse can take advantage of a few scratchings this morning here, Brody. Yeah, shaken $2.40 this morning. I thought oh, I should take it, and I'll wait a little bit longer and absolutely bug it up there. It's $1.85. You can understand why, but... Interesting to see what the market does with it, whether they do put it out slightly late. But if you put a pen through this horse's first start, first debut run behind Bases Loden, where it trialled real well, but it was eased out of the race, and then it bled from both nostrils. A couple of at the end of last preparation behind Cabalus and Estriella, albeit only defeated three lengths behind a couple of very smart three-year-olds. So if you put a line through both of those, it's absolutely obliterated its opposition, albeit both on soft and heavy ground. But I don't think that good conditions will be stopping the daughter of I'm Invincible. Her ability is there for us all to speed. See, she's a very speedy commodity in the Godolphin Blue, and you can understand why she's clear favourite, and she's going to be awfully hard to catch once again. Suspect she's going to go straight to the front from gate number eight, and over the 1,100 metres, it's going to be catch me if you can. 7, 13, 12 and 1. Spring Lee is the danger, following that last start, second behind Chili Philly. However, if you put Shaken in that same race last start at Randwick, I think she wins it as well. And I think Spring Lee brings the right form lines, however, tackles a much, much sharper conveyance, which she's seen so far in her career. Miss Emma deserved that win last start. Before that, looked home and hosed at Randwick Kensington when Very Surreal kicked back to nail it. She does a bit wrong, so if she can get out the gates and posse up nice and handy, she's going to be a chance just whether or not she's up to this grade. And the one squad, best of the rest, has to carry the big weight, comes through that race behind time to boogie, but whether or not it's up to these as well. 7, 13, 12 and 1 for me, Brad. This is one of the more exciting conveyances we'll see this afternoon. There it is, isn't it? Two good fillies go head-to-head. 13, 7, 12 and 6. I've gone the other way, Spring Lee. I will admit, though, my confidence is a little bit dented. Originally, I was keen enough to take on Shaken, uh, given the speed drawn underneath, and now that's not really a question mark over her head. That said, Spring Lee, I think she's equally as talented. She was such a big winner there at Kembla Grange. First up, that marked her as a, a filly that had just... Charged through the grades. Now jumped 1,000 to 1,200 metres second up. Did herself no favours racing keenly in the run. Still darted through like she was going to win. And just got collared that last 50 metres. So third up now, 1,100 metres. Uh, finds a race where she can stalk and I think she can bounce back in a big way. Seven, shaken. Was she flattered there first up? You'd have to say yes, given it was a, a field of five on a heavy track at Warwick Farm against inferior opposition. But it was the win of a of a filly going places and speaking to Tyler Schiller afterwards, there was a little sparkle in his eyes. Uh, he's done well to stay with her as she goes through the grades. 12, Miss Emma, now she's had that shot of confidence, finally broke through. Every chance he goes right on with it. Back to 1,100 metres here, but that looks okay. And six, Unravel, returns from throat surgery. Uh, I know he has to come through highway form, but he's lightly raced, and I still think there's more to come from him as well. So, yeah, good race to end here, 13, 7, 12 and 6. Darren Flindell in the last is shaken, 7, 13, 11, 12. Brad Gray, your best. Yeah, I've gone with Spring Lee, race 10, number 13. The best value, race 7, number 3, Battleton. What about you, Brody? Yeah, my best bet's come up early, race 2, number 5, keen on exploring. And I know it's not too much crazy instead of the value, but race 4, horse number 3. I think that African Daisy can run a huge race to try overturn Terra Mater. Is there a best backed, Nicole? Ah, uh, yeah, there is. I think it's shaken actually, just this morning into that dollar eighty-five from two thirty. But I want to give an honourable mention to race five, number five, running by. It's been well backed as well, three dollars into two ten. 
That's the Randwick preview. TV about to leave us. But, guys, do you want to be adjudicators on this um, Irish accent of mine from last night before you go? <laughs> Yeah, go, fire. Play, play it, Nick. This is my call at Canterbury last night. Barry took the race by the scruff of the neck and he drives through to lead on the first start of Magic Leprechaun. Harrett leads here by half a length. <laughs> not bad. That's good. Is that, is that horrendous or what? No, that's not bad, actually. I like it. It's a tick from I'll give it to you. Guess. That's good. So three ticks. Beautiful. I might bring it back. If there's any German named horses, I might try a bit of German. The Japanese ones, I'll, I'll have a crack at those too. What do you reckon, Brad? I reckon, yep. Why not? You've got a bit of confidence now. I know. Although you've got to know your limitations, don't you? So. Oh, very true, mate. Um, I won't try a Kiwi accent, that's for sure. Guys, uh, thank you very much. That's been the okay. Randwick preview. You've got to have a bit of fun, haven't you? You do. You do. Right. A few yep. tips, a few laughs, and here we go. Have a great day, guys. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. Have a good day. Thanks, Luke. That's the Randwick preview. Nicole will hang around with me for the Melbourne preview, which is next. Our coverage continues on Sky Sports Radio. Good morning to our Sky Racing viewers.